My name is Tuan Andrew Nguyen. I'm an artist and a filmmaker. I was born in Saigon on April 12th, 1976, which is one year after the end of the, the war in Vietnam. My family and I migrated to the U.S. where I did most of my studies. And um, as soon as I got my MFA, I returned to Vietnam and started basing myself here in Saigon in uh, 2004. We're a few years away from the 50th anniversary of the end of the war. And it strikes me over the years that I've lived in the U.S. and, and over the years that I've lived in Vietnam that the um, legacy of the war in Vietnam continues to impact people all over the world. I think it left a really deep scar on many people. It left a really deep impression on the global psyche. But here, especially in the central region of Vietnam, it's still in the present tense having a real and a really violent effect on people present day. The United States military used over 15 million tons of ordnance during the almost 20 years of the war. And the statistic is that over 10% or close to 10% of that 15 million tons of ordnance did not detonate when it was supposed to detonate. So my work mostly explores this idea of memory and its relationship to, to history and trauma. A really great writer by the name of Viet Thanh Nguyen, who won a Pulitzer for his novel called The Sympathizer, who I find very inspirational in, in how he deals with the memory of the Vietnam War, speaks about how wars are often fought twice, once on the battlefield and then once in memory. So in this case, I began thinking about how the war, the memory of war, is actually being fought a third time on the land in the central region of Vietnam. So I began researching USO about a little bit over a year ago and looking into the many organizations working on locating and destroying UXO unexploded ordinances in Vietnam and in Southeast Asia in general. And this begins a series of projects that explores the impact of UXO in this region and what it means physically and metaphorically to still be faced with the threat of these weapons of war so many decades after the war has ended. This two-channel film uh, called The Sound of Cannons, Like Sad Refrains, uh, begins the first of many projects uh, that come out of this body of research. Wars are often fought twice, or even three times, as Tuan Andrew Nguyen says. He's a current artist on stage. You know, the power of art is how, if you allow it, it will open your eyes and your mind to different realities. Realities that are so close to us in this hyper-connected world. I want to thank Tuan for the enlightening experience of working with him. How have our wars impacted our global psyche? What are we doing? Where are we heading? We're living through decisive times for humanity and the way we deal with our volatile memories, with our past, will determine our future. But enough for me now. I'll leave you with a guest, Nyang Walsh. My name is Nyung Wash. I am a curator from Hanoi, Vietnam. Currently, I am a lecturer at Fulbright University, Vietnam in Ho Chi Minh City. 
My research and curatorial interests have been around the post-war culture and the politics of war memories. Today's episode is inspired by the work of artist and filmmaker Tuan Nandru Nguyen that addressed an important aspect of the war legacy in Vietnam, the issue of unexploded ordnance, or UXO. This year, it has been 46 years after the end of the Vietnam War, which ended on April 30th, 1975. But unexploded ordnance from numerous conflicts, primarily from the Vietnam War, by the U.S. forces dropped over the land of Cambodia, Laos, and Vietnam, continued to cause a lot of deadly casualties in these countries. The UXO contaminates virtually all over Vietnam as the result of many conflicts extending from the first Indochina War through the Vietnam War and beyond that. The most heavily contaminated area at the central provinces in Quanti, Guangbing, and especially close to the former demilitarized zone, the DMZ. To learn more about the UXL clearance efforts in Vietnam, it's my honor to talk with two guests, Mr. Chuck Sissi from Project Renew and Ms. Pham Thi Hoang Ha from Histories. Together with artist Duan Nguyen, we will discuss not only the munition remnants and the consequences of the war on the people, but also the human size of the war through their humanitarian efforts from all sides. I would like to start by introducing our first guest, Mr. Chuck Searcy. He is a co-founder of Project Renew. It is an organization that provides landmines first aid and helping to clear unexploded ordnance in the central part of Vietnam. Chuck Searcy joined the U.S. Army from 1966 to 1969. He was stationed in Saigon from June 1967 to June 1968. He moved to Vietnam after the war as a representative of the Vietnam Veterans of America Foundation. And in 2001, he became the representative of the Vietnam Veterans Memorial Fund, who helped launch the project Renew in Quang Chi province to clean up unexploded ordnance and provide support for the UXO victims. In 2003, the Vietnamese government awarded him the Vietnam National Friendship Medal for his contribution for the country. Uh, I came back to Vietnam for the first time after the war in 1992 as a tourist with an old army buddy. And we traveled the whole country for 30 days. Uh, it was a remarkable trip. I was amazed that the Vietnamese people showed no anger or animosity or bitterness toward us, American veterans who had been here uh, in part of this devastating war that everybody remembered too clearly. During that visit uh, to Vietnam, my friend and I uh, found ourselves in Quang Chi province uh, on the DMZ at Khe Sang. And at that time, there was nothing there uh, except coffee plants. And I remember the day that we were there, there were two young boys, brothers, who were uh, taking care of a couple of water buffalo. And uh, we had a driver and an uh, interpreter, tour guide. So we managed to talk to them a bit in um, casual conversation. And I asked one of the kids, 
if there was any uh, unexploded ordnance around there, old bombs or mines, just out of curiosity, because I didn't know. And he said, oh, yeah, many. They're everywhere. He said, do you want to see one? And I said, well, maybe. And we walked over to a fence line about uh, 50 meters away, and there was a projectile. Uh, I don't know what it was, but it was um, an old war munition. And as we were standing there looking at it, talking about it, this kid reached out with his toe to sort of nudge it and kick it gently. And I stopped him. I said, stop, wait, don't do that. It's dangerous. And we stepped back and everybody realized that it certainly was dangerous. But that was my first revelation that there might be a problem in Vietnam with unexploded ordnance. And for the rest of my trip in Vietnam, uh, back in 1992, I thought maybe I would like to come back here and find some way to do something to try to help the Vietnamese in their difficult recovery from the war. And the opportunity came in 1995. Actually, I followed Peace Trees. Uh, my good friends, Geraldine Brousseau and her late husband, Dana and Perry, came here the same year I arrived in 1995. And together we went to Quang Tri province and proposed to the People's Committee there a project to plant trees, which was peace trees, a signature effort globally in many countries. And the government in Black Trees said, uh, that's a very nice project. We like the idea. But of course, you realize that we'll first have to clean up all the bombs and mines in the area where you want to plant the trees. And that was the beginning, actually, of the entire international effort in Vietnam to deal with the problem of unexploded ordnance. And we have maintained a very close relationship over the years, Project Renew and Peace Trees. And as Ms. Hawk and the firm, we, we actually work very closely together. We have very similar efforts and uh, we all have the same goal, which is to protect the children and the farmers, the villagers, the people of Country Province, and to prevent uh, the terrible accidents and injuries that have occurred over the years. And that is now succeeding. In early years after the war and for the next uh, 20 or 30 years, actually, there was a terrible problem in Vietnam. More than 100,000 people had been killed or injured after the war ended in 1975. And now, because of the work that we're doing in country province and other provinces, uh, the accident rate is going down dramatically. In the last three years, it's actually been zero in country province. And that's through the efforts of Peace Trees, uh, which Ms. High is directing, and uh, Project Renew and our partners, Norwegian People's Aid, MAG, Mines Advisory Group, and other organizations working very closely together to deal with this uh, problem. Like Chuck has mentioned, the mission of clearing UXO in Vietnam is not done by only one organization, but a few organizations are sharing the work. Among them is Peace Tree. It is a non uh, not profit organization whose work focuses largely on removing dangerous explosives, but at the same time providing mind risk education for children and the people uh, in Vietnam to identify the risk. Um, the, their vision is uh, a Vietnam that completely clear of dangerous and exploded ordnance. Talking with us today is Ms. Pham Thi Wang Ha, who is the in-country director of history. Ms. Ha has joined the organization since 2001. How did history was envisioned 
uh, and how did you get involved with history? Actually, uh, it's the um, kind of the very individual efforts of the U.S. families um, try to reach out to the Vietnamese family who suffer the same loss, losing a beloved member in the family during the wartime. Um, that is Jalyn Pusot and her late husband, Diane Perry. And right after the diplomatic normalization between the U.S. and Vietnam, they came to, to Vietnam with, and came to Quang Tri province right after. And uh, that's the story how we start Pistries Vietnam. Uh, firstly, with the very original idea of plant trees where the landmines plant trees in, in Vietnam to kind of the symbol, the peace and friendships. However, it's turned out that uh, this need more uh, efforts um, to firstly uh, clear the land and make it safe for the other activities on that. So that is uh, how Pistries Vietnam starts. And we back to the years of uh, 1996, Pistries Vietnam were the very first U.S. organization permitted by Vietnamese government to implement the humanitarian clearance activities in Vietnam. Starting from that, uh, we now um, having almost uh, 25 years of working in, in, in Vietnam and implement involved in the, the, all the sectors of the mine action, including clearance, uh, risk education, um, victim assistance, and also the uh, what we call the post clearances development uh, activities, where which is we uh, support the community to develop and to build up their life uh, after uh, at the areas where the landmine used to be. Besides, uh, one of the very typical and uh, activities uh, what make Pistries Vietnam differ uh, difference from other organizations is that we um, bring the U.S. citizen um, to Vietnam, including U.S. veterans come back to the areas where they used to be and to build up friendships and, uh, with the Vietnamese people to understand more about the journeys of the Vietnam's, the journeys after the war end in Vietnam and then from that build up the friendships and partnership with the Vietnamese people. Like the, the missions and the visions of Viet, uh, Peace Trees Vietnam uh, since the starting day of the organizations that uh, uh, we uh, work uh, alongside the Vietnamese people and authority to transform destructive legacy of war into the safer and better future to the people, uh, especially children of Vietnam, especially in the central areas of Vietnam where suffer seriously and um, the most heavily remnant of war, uh, which is the uh, unexploded honors. Now, Peace Trees is a joy in the mine, what we call the mine action community in the central provinces of Vietnam, it's Quang Tri and Quang Bình provinces, um, to uh, try to, to uh, join the efforts with the other organizations and also the local authorities to uh, clear land and bring back the safe land uh, for the local people. I guess that the numbers are varies uh, from different sources that I uh, look at, but how much ordnance uh, was left unexploded um, and how many have been cleared and how many people have been affected uh, or killed by USOs since the end of war until now? And uh, what are the progresses uh, in the regions uh, on the clearance? The numbers are enormous. And the truth is, it's difficult to know with accuracy uh, what really happened during the war, despite the fact that a lot of records exist. And putting those records and numbers together is not always easy and is not precise. But we do know for a fact that Vietnam 
and in particular, Guangxi province, where Peace Trees and Project Renew and our colleagues work, um, is the most heavily bombed area in the history of the world. At the beginning of this podcast, Juan mentioned that there was about 15 million tons of bombs dropped on Vietnam during the war. Uh, I think that number is a little bit high, but it also depends on the definition, whether it's uh, only airdropped bombs or whether it's all munitions from artillery uh, weapons and from ground fire. The number that we use mostly now has been reduced to around uh, between five and six million tons of ordnance in uh, Vietnam and Quang Chi province, which is still a massive amount of munitions. The result of that, as I mentioned before, after 1975, was that uh, more than 100,000 people have been killed or injured by explosive ordnance on the ground or just under the surface uh, throughout the country. And this is every kind of munitions. The U.S. used every weapon in our arsenal. The only weapon that was not used in Vietnam was the atomic bomb. And there was discussion of that even. However, the amount of ordnance that did not explode as it as designed is also enormous. And the 10% figure Juan mentioned is probably an accurate guess, uh, which means that there's uh, hundreds of thousands of tons of ordnance still remaining throughout the country. And so the task that we all face together, along with the Vietnamese military and with uh, government officials, and with the local people, frankly, they have to cooperate and be part of this solution too. The task we face is not how to clean up every bomb and mine because that is physically impossible. There's too much. Uh, it'll go on for years and years and years. Last year, 2020, in Germany, so many decades after World War II, uh, the Germans, according to their reports, destroyed uh, 2,000 tons of ordnance still remaining from World War II. So you can imagine that Vietnam is going to face that problem for years into the future, which means that uh, we, we gradually changed our, our definition of the mission. Instead of talking about cleaning up every bomb in mine, now every organization and the military and the government officials are focused on uh, keeping Vietnam safe making the people in Vietnam and their lives and livelihoods safe so they can live with confidence that they are not threatened by these bombs and mines. And when they find a cluster bomb or a grenade or an artillery round, they know what to do, which is to call in to the authorities and a, a team will come and clean that up and destroy it safely. And people now are part of the solution. It's a community-wide effort because of the, tea, the, the risk education that Peace Trees conducts throughout the province and throughout in other provinces, and that Renew conducts. We all work together on this. The children and the adults, the farmers, the villagers know what to do. And so that's the, the real solution to the problem is to make Vietnam safe by educating people and by having a tightly managed response system so that when people find ordinance and call in, an hour later, two hours later, five hours later, there's a team there to clean it up safely and people can go back to their normal lives. As Ha mentioned and I've mentioned also, there really will never be an end to this. There's not going to be a finite, final date when we can say the, the, the problem is now solved. Vietnam no longer has a problem because ordinance 
there's so much of it. It's on the surface, it's underground, some of it's quite deep, and it moves around. And even an area that has been cleared to uh, 100% standard, uh, five years from now or 10 years from now, may have ordnance on it because of storms and typhoons and floods and weather conditions and cracked earth from, the, from the droughts. So those changes will, geological and meteorological changes will affect the ordinance. And so it will always be a challenge. The way I describe it to people who are not technical, and I'm not a technical person either, but an easy way to, to envision the challenge that we face is to compare the situation to uh, the need in every community for a fire department. You hope that there'll never be a call. You hope that these guys can sit in the fire department and play checkers all day. But when there is a call, they need to be ready to respond and they need to go out. And you can never say that there's not a need to have the fire department ready because you never know when there might be a fire. And we're in Vietnam and in other countries affected by ordinance, we're, we're not going to be able to say the job is now over. There will always be the need for vigilance, for watching carefully the situation and being able to quickly respond. So that's an important point uh, that, and it's going to require uh, funding that you mentioned, Andrew, is another important factor. Uh, I'm very happy to say as a, as a veteran and as an American citizen that now the U.S. government is providing more uh, funding support for this effort in Vietnam and around the world than any other country. And we should because we have created so much of the problem, to be honest. But we now are providing hundreds of millions of dollars in support Project Renew and Peace Trees and MAG and Norwegian People's Aid, other organizations in Vietnam and in Cambodia and Laos and other places are getting substantial support from the U.S. government. And that is uh, as it should be. And there's also support from a lot of others to other governments, individuals, veterans, organizations. Uh, as Ha mentioned, uh, Peace Trees has hosted uh, American veterans coming back to Vietnam. And, and we have too. Uh, veterans for Peace also has veterans coming here. And they're quite generous. They don't have a lot of money, but they will make a donation of $50 or $500 or even $5,000, which helps their effort tremendously. Talking about children, I'm very uh, curious on how to teach them um, the danger of seeing mom remnant. Could, have, could you talk more about um, this? Since uh, there are many kindergarten projects, um, in the, especially in the area that uh, closer to Laos as well. Yes, uh, Peace Trees, uh, we do have um, risk education activities um, uh, separately, but also um, being integrated into our clearances and uh, response activities also. Meaning that uh, each member in our demining team, besides doing their job as the deminer or the uh, EOD technicians, whenever they uh, meet with or they talk to community uh, people uh, at the areas they work, they also uh, play the role of educator, uh, play the role of the one who uh, sends the message and explains the message, a safety message. Um, to the community there, including children, including farmers, ethnic minority women and men, uh, everyone they meet with. 
to uh, try to to uh, send them the safety message and try to educate them the uh, right behavior, um, right thing they should do whenever they found or they see they fight or they see the UXO cluster munition, uh, everything's uh, in sub- suspicions uh, where they, they live or work. So that's one channel of doing the risk education. Uh, and which is a very a really work uh, well uh, within the areas we work, uh, especially at the areas of ethnic minority people, which is you mentioned that this is the um, borders areas to Laos, um, Hương Hoa and Dakrong district of Quang Chi province. We also have the uh, rich education programs conducted at school there, similar to what uh, Projects Renew uh, have been doing for many years and which is very successful uh, in Quang Chi province. So uh, we either bring children to um, to the headquarter of Peace Trees Vietnam, also the very first uh, landmine education center in Quang Chi province, or we uh, go to the areas to go to the school, go to the remote areas, remote school, and uh, deliver the risk education activities uh, to the uh, the students students there. And uh, we figure out that is the uh, there's the good way. Um, there's one way uh, that very effective to to help increasing the awareness within the the children, um, within the students and communities that to integrate it into the their like uh, um, outdoor uh, curriculum activities like games or squeeze or other active uh, sport uh, activities, something like that, which is gonna attract them and then uh, also. Uh, Uh, helped to call for their awareness is better. Uh, so yeah, that's two channels of doing the risk education that we are, have been doing blind in Quang Chi province uh, for many years. The kindergarten is completely different. Kindergarten is the uh, what we call, what we define as the post-clearance uh, community development uh, uh, activities meaning that we clear land and then we support the communities for the de- uh, for the developments and community developments after that and uh, uh, building kindergarten at the areas where landmine used to be is one of the activities of the post clearance the methodology is pretty basic it's to teach the kids uh, first how dangerous this ordinance is and really to teach them the different types of ordinance Because when they are, when they call it in to a team to come remove it safely, they need to be able to identify it. And so uh, a kid will call a team leader and answers the, the uh, hotline phone. And the team leader will say, what have you found? And the kid will say, uh, it's an M79 round. He knows exactly what it is because he's been taught in risk education. And the team leader says, that's very dangerous. Don't let anybody get close to it. We'll have a team there in one hour. And they're they respond. Uh, but the children learn through uh, village programs, through uh, drawings and posters, through contests, through uh, films, through... So it's working. It's an integral part of the, of the program. And uh, teaching people to be safe is the community participation part of the equation. And it's very, very important. It's, it's just as important, in my opinion, as clearance. Both go hand in hand. They, they work together to solve the problem. Thank you. Yes, children um, take up to 30% of the people who are affected by uh, landmines and bomb remnant. So it is really good to hear that in the last two 
two years and there's no uh, deadly casualties uh, reported. And also in the video work by artist Donandu Nguyen, then when he used the song by Trịnh Công Sơn, uh, a part of the song is talking about the children and the way that the, the lyric of the song goes, it says uh, the children forget to leave hearing the sounds of the cannons every night. And it reminds me that the founding story of Peace Tree, for example, uh, also established from the family of um, soldiers who died during the war. Or also Project Renew, uh, established by partly by you, uh, a veteran who come back, who was in, participated in the war and returned to the country. So I would like to maybe turn this conversations a little bit on the um, the story like this, or the kind of like counter narrative uh, with the ambivalent of the peoples when they come back to contribute to um, the healing effort uh, of the reconciliations of the war. Me personally, I, I have uh, the privilege to, to listen to, to meet with, and to work with many U.S. veterans who make the great decisions and the big decisions themselves to come back to Vietnam after a certain year, try to stay away from that kind of the, that past in their life. Um, and then I also be inspired by many of them, uh, the way they come back to uh, Vietnam, the way they build up a friendship, the way they, uh, they help, they build up a friendship with the Vietnamese people and the way they support uh, the community here in Vietnam, as well as the way they heal the world, aftermath the world in, inside themselves. And me personally, I, I have been learned and inspired a lot from these uh, peoples. And uh, with Peace Trees Vietnam, we do uh, receive and, and welcome and many uh, veterans to come back to Vietnam that way and, um, and do join with us uh, to support the community through the like many uh, kindergartens built up by Peace Trees Vietnam. Actually, the, the great support from the U.S. veterans who come back and try to uh, build the school uh, for the people, uh, for their friends who passed away here in Vietnam during the wartime, or just want to uh, show their love to Vietnamese people and this country. That's exactly why it's so important for veterans to come back to Vietnam. And with a, a host organization like uh, East Trees or Project Renew or, or Veterans for Peace, it really closes the circle for a lot of veterans. And what veterans give to Vietnam when they come back in the form of donations or support, let's say to build a school or to build a kindergarten or to provide a scholarship for a child. Those kinds of things are wonderful and helpful to the Vietnamese people. But it also is such a healing process for the veterans themselves. It is a remarkable uh, closure that everyone seeks from the, the damage that we all suffered from being involved in war, a terrible war. And on top of everything else, it was really an unjust uh, war that should never have happened. So there's a, it creates really a, a hole in the soul of many, many American veterans. And coming back to Vietnam is a way to close that wound. So we are very grateful to the Vietnamese people 
for their warmth, their welcome, their generosity, and their willingness to help us learn the lessons that Vietnamese have learned for centuries ahead of us about healing and about forgiveness, closing the past because we cannot change the past. It happened already. Uh, we can learn lessons from it. But the important thing is to live today, make a better life for this generation and future generations. And the Vietnamese people have taught us those lessons very eloquently. So uh, to put it in uh, perspective, then uh, uh, more ordinance were dropped in Guangxi uh, than it was dropped on all over Germany during the Second World War. And I really like the motto on Peace Tree's um, uh, website. It says, safe land, successful communities. So I hope that uh, you enjoy this episode. And I thank our guests, uh, Chuck and Ha, and Don Andrew for the conversations. As we now learn that it's impossible to clean up all the landmines and munitions left um, after the war. So the goal is now focused on keeping the people safe um, and teaching the children, the farmers, uh, people in the local communities to uh, know how to uh, protect themselves and protect others. So should you be able to support these organizations doing great work in Vietnam, uh, please, please reach out to them and uh, hopefully that you will have a new share a safe uh, future together without any landmines uh, when all of the big countries signed that uh, convention that bans and cluster bomb everywhere on earth. Thank you for listening. Today's artist was Tuan Andrew Nguyen. Our guest journalist was Nguyen Walsh. Remember to check out our platform on www.stage.tva21.org. The editor-in-chief of Stage is Francesca Thyssen-Bornemisa. Carlos Urroz is the director of Thyssen-Bornemisa Art Contemporary. Soledad Gutierrez is our content curator. John Aranguren is our curatorial assistant. Our producers are Soledad and myself, Igor Ramirez. Nina Speranda is our project manager. This episode was edited by Ana Esteve. And our theme music is by Carl Michael von Hauswolf. Thank you for listening. Thank you.